Heavenly Father, I thank you so much again, Lord. Just as we dig into your word, Lord, I just ask for your blessing upon this time, Lord. Lord, just speak to us. Speak truth to us, Lord. As we look at this in context, as we look to try to interpret your word, as we look to try to apply your words to our lives, Lord, as we leave here, let us leave with something, something that we can take outside this room and share with another person, or we can be encouraged by, Lord, or we can share with another person and say, just tell them how much Jesus loves you, to have a better understanding of who you are and your character, and have a better understanding of who we are in you. So, Lord, just bless this time. Fill this place with our spirit. Gowns and I, Lord, just let your Holy Spirit just flow through this, Lord. And let this message be of you, not of either one of us, not in English or Myanmar, but it would be your word that we would hear today, Lord. So, Lord, we love you so much. Thank you again, Lord, just for the absolute amazing privilege just to come before you and study your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. We love you so much, Lord, and we just give this time to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Look at that. I, I'm so happy you, you have this now. <laughs> All right. So I'm excited to have Gowns Down up here. I miss him so much up here. <laughs> I have to get back in remembering how to do this. So last week we were in the book of John. And I have found it so interesting as we have walked alongside Jesus and the disciples as they start to enter Passover and Passover week. So now Jesus and the disciples have entered into the final week, and that's what we're studying through right now. So as we studied John chapter 12 last week, we saw that John, I think he was led by the Holy Spirit in a message that he delivered to us. We looked at belief, unbelief, and the effects, a message from John last week. And we saw through the text that many people's unbelief, even though Jesus had performed so many miraculous signs, still many people did not come to believe. It was interesting how John's message like was inserted inside of this timeline. It was kind of plopped in there because it really was out of context. But he obviously felt led by the Holy Spirit to share with us inside of that message. So we saw through the message last week that there, the people's unbelief actually fulfilled the prophecy. And we know that God knew the people, many of them would still not believe, and yet he still knew this and sent his son. Another lesson that Jesus taught us last week he said if you trust me you are trusting not only me but in God who has sent me and 
And we also talked about how difficult it can be to pour into one's life and then still see unbelief. We saw how difficult it is for us to pour into another person's life and they still never come to believe in Jesus. Or pour to free. Oh. Witness to them. Okay. <laughs> That's us. Yes. So, no, Chenoruria, the Kadalima, Lu, Lu, Chenor, Lurio, a chain baby or the Kavepiaz, a chow, no crito, a chow, General, that they can yado, lebe, young, meyon, chila, rago, to yama, chipal. We remember last week, though, we all have a responsibility to share the gospel. But we also learn one thing that we're not responsible for. Is another one not responsible for or the same one not responsible? We are not responsible for the people's unbelief. Okay. We'll get our rhythm. It's like dancing. All right. So this week, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 through 27. Matthew 21, verses now as we get ready to get into God's word I want to just remind you that Matthew the way he writes is kind of a topical guy as he writes to us, he's more focused on the lesson or the topic more than the chronological order of things. So today's story, we will jump around a little bit, but I will explain it as we go. Later, if you want to see the same stories in Mark chapter 11. So let's see what the Holy Spirit's going to teach us. Let's start in verse 18. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. Alright. Now, I, I read this verse, and I don't think initially there's a whole lot to read into this passage, right? It just says, he was hungry. <coughs> Now we know that Jesus and the disciples, they left Bethany heading up to Jerusalem early in the morning. And as you would start walking along, we see that he's hungry. We can all relate to this, right? This happens to all of us, some a little more than others. Now this is speaking of a physical hunger, but I think it's going to lead to a spiritual application that we're going to learn about today. So Jesus is going to use this experience to teach us a lesson. Oh, did somebody need that, Aaron? Do you need the writing? Oh, I was trying to go fast because, you know, interpreter. 
So, as as we get into this scripture, I think it's important that we understand the timeline. Now, as we start here, it's Monday morning and they're heading for the temple for Passover. Now, the day before Sunday is when Jesus had entered the city, the triumphant Entry, triumphal entry. He already entered into Jerusalem. On Sunday, Palm Sunday. And then he went to Bethany. Yes. Out. Yeah. On Sunday? Yes, Sunday night. Slept the night in Bethany. Now it's Monday morning and they're heading back. back in. Good. ไอ้เชียงอ่ะปั้มซันเดย์โลเลยขอได้โอตู้โอลูเรียเนาะโอบาขอเลยโอ so just to give you an idea of the context, remember the day before he had cleared the temple? So as we look at verse 18 and 19, you'll see that this is on Monday morning, right? You'll see. We got a slide for that. There you go. Sorry, clear. There's the slide. Monday. Okay, I already Good. Okay, so let me go to verses 20 through 27. Look at your Bibles. This continues on Tuesday morning. 20 to 27 is I don't know Tuesday. if it's right in the Miyamori text, but yes. So what happens is when he walks up and he curses the tree, there's a day in between. And Mark does pick that up, but in Matthew you really don't see that. But it's good to understand there's a day in between. It's in Mark. It's mentioned that. Yes. Okay. So Aku. So I just want to be clear, Monday, Jesus curses the tree. Tuesday is when the disciples notice the tree is dead. And if you want later, you can look back in Mark and you have a little bit different understanding. We're just going to go back to Matthew chapter 21, verse 18. We're going to talk about hunger. So Jesus' physical hunger has opened a door to teach about spiritual hunger. So what is hunger? I got a definition for you. An uneasy sensation occasioned by the for the want of food. <laughs> I was waiting for him on this one. <laughs> Wanting of food. So it's like an appetite for food. Hunger can even be a pain or uneasiness in your stomach. If you go, if you don't eat all day, your stomach, you just start telling you you're hungry. Maybe 
Maybe some of your stomachs is talking to you now. It's about dinner time. <laughs> so we all have experienced physical hunger. So what is spiritual hunger? We're going to look at a few verses. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 5. Verse 6. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. We're also going to look at John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, we looked at the definition of physical hunger a minute ago. So, I'm just going to change the words of that definition a little bit. Now, so before, we'll turn back to it. So, you can translate this. Okay, <laughs> an uneasy sensation occasioned by the want of God, a craving of God by the soul, a craving appetite. So it's a sensation or a want of God, an appetite for God. <laughs> Again, I didn't know we translate here. So next <laughs> one is a strong... So what I did is I took that definition of appetite, right? But that's physically. So instead of stomach or food, I put the word God in. So a strong or eager desire to feel or uneasiness occasioned by long abstinence from God. From God. Yeah, so pain or a feeling that you get within yourself when you're absent from God is a spiritual hunger. Oh, okay. He's good. <laughs> I'll make the rest of this a lot easier, I promise. <laughs> so just like we need physical food, we need spiritual food. So both physically and spiritually, in time if we are not fed, we become emptied. So how are you fed spiritually? There's lots of ways uh, you can pray. You can read your Bible. You can meditate on God's Word. You can come in fellowship as you are today. You can attend a Bible study. We need to be fed daily, spiritually, just as much as we need to be fed physically. 
Alright, let's look at verse 19. And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there was any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. Matthew 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he's got a major disadvantage. I have my Bible all marked out. <laughs> 21 again in verse uh, 19. What had Jesus done to this tree? What had the tree done to cause Jesus to do it? And why would Jesus react in such a way? Now, many people, which I, I believe is correct, they believe figuratively the tree is a picture of Israel at the time. The tree, like the people of Israel in the tree, had all the outward signs of people who would love God. But under all them appearances, there was no fruit. You could say this verse directly applies to the temple in this story as an analogy. And this story really is an analogy of what was to come with the Jewish people in the temple here not very long after this. What would to come? destroyed. Uh, so, the Amplified Bible expounds on this verse a little bit. In our versions it says there were only leaves. The Amplified says, seeing that in the fig tree, the fruit appears at the same time as the leaves. So it explains, there should have been fruit with them leaves. It's interesting, a fig tree. I didn't know this. I learned this this week. Something interesting. Did you know the figs on a fig tree actually come out before the leaves? The fruit starts before the leaves. I, I, most trees are not that way. So there's, if there was leaves... There should have been fruit. As a reminder for even us as the church today. If we're going to use this tree as a reference or an analogy as Jesus is using, there's a lesson. On a fig tree, the first fruits come before the leaves, not before. 
Figuratively speaking, Jesus is acting out a parable for us. ကိုကျွန်တော်တို့ကိုအာပုံပမာနဲ့ပြပြီးတော့တင်ချင်းလို့တင်ခန်းစာတင်ချင်းလို့ဖြစ်တယ်အဲ့တော့အဲ့
Something that would seem so impossible as the same as moving a mountain. Maybe it's a sin that's been in your life for 20 years and you can never seem to overcome it. Maybe it's building a school and finding property for that school in Myanmar. Sorry? Maybe it's building a school and finding property for a school. That could be a big mountain to overcome. <laughs> it's in my notes. <laughs> It would seem impossible, right? Maybe you have personal debt that would seem impossible to overcome. Maybe you have a lost relationship with a loved one. Maybe a wayward child, a wayward child, a lost child that walked away from the Lord. Whatever in our lives seems impossible is possible with faith in God as long as it's according to His will. You notice I added that last part, according to his will. We've got to be careful here. There's another scripture I want to look at as we look at this promise of God answering our prayers. Turn to Mark chapter 11, verse 25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins also. So we must pray in faith. But we also must pray according to God's will. But we also must pray without having a hardness in our heart against another person. I want to look at another, one other instructions in James chapter 1 verse 6 for praying. James chapter 1 verse 6. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is a as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. ตนรุ่นเนี่ยดิซอนเตียวตัวตุดีปัญญาโกโลเนี่ยแกเปิดเตียนจิงโกปิ้วรอมมุอ่ะคัดเต้นนอตรุอ่ะเสนาเส้น
When Jesus returned to the temple and began teaching, the leading priests and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you the right? This was Passover, remember? This was one of the busiest times of the year at the temple and in Jerusalem. And there's Jesus openly preaching. We looked at that timeline. We looked at that time. What did he just do the day before? Remember, he caused all sorts of problems. He went in there and cleared out the temple. He drove out all the people that were buying and selling animals for sacrifice. And then he's back this very next day teaching in the temple. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus' teachings were offensive to these leaders. And again, these leaders are trying to stop Jesus from teaching. They're coming up to him, by what authority do you say these things? Just take a minute. You know, I think this still happens today. Religious leaders hear teachings that goes against their church traditions. Yes, they hear teachings that go against their religious traditions. I could see a religious leader today coming and saying, by what authority do you teach these things? I'm sure as Gaonzan and I teach, there are some leaders that would be upset of some of the things we would teach. <laughs> Salvation is through faith alone. Let's just start there. It's not not through water baptism. It's not through communion. Salvation is not through church attendance. It's not through tithing. Or whatever else they want to try to add to it. As we say these things, I'm sure someday someone will come up. By what authority are you saying these things? What gives you the right? Uh, 
Then Gaozan will have to say the Bible gives me the right. It is God's word that said these things. Because it is God's word that we are saying these things. We're not saying anything out of God's word when I said them things. So we're going to continue here. In verse 24 through half of 25. I may get weird with the translation. Okay. <laughs> it's up on the screen if it helps. Verse 24. I tell you, by what authority I do these things, if you answer one question, Jesus replied, did John's authority to baptize come from heaven or was it merely human? Now, what would have happened if Jesus was just forthright with his answer to the religious leaders? What would have happened? If Jesus just blatantly answered the question, what would have happened? We see, you know, in the previous verse, they said, what authority are you doing these things? If Jesus would have just answered him right there, my authority comes from God, they would have stoned him right there. Two things there. First of all, these people still would not have came to faith. The second thing is it wasn't his time yet. Jesus wasn't avoiding the question. But he wants to take him back to John the Baptist. The fact that they had heard John's message and they didn't accept it as being from God. So John's message was from God just the same as Jesus' message was from God. So way I see this, it's not, if you look at it like in a today's context, you would say, I don't agree with that. What you said, what Gaunzan said, what Aaron said. The thing is, if we read that from the Bible, what you don't agree with is what God said. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> they didn't believe John the Baptist. But many other people believe. Yes, but these religious but these leaders religious did not. Leader. Okay. I need to explain a little bit. Yes. 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 I so as they did not believe John, they didn't believe Jesus. So what really what they didn't believe is God. Uh, I pick up this and I read in Genesis, God created the world in six days. 
เนาะจ้านตาเนี่ยมาจนเราอ่าพยานสิขึ้นอ่ะกบาอู้จั่นมากบาโลกะจีเนี่ยตะกว่าเนาะก้องกินเนี่ยมีจีโอกบาอยู
ကျွန်တော်တို့တရောက်ခြင်းစီရော we as Christians and the church should be producing fruit. And the fruit is a faith-filled Christian. And a faith-filled Christian will go out and produce more fruit. The church today needs to start producing Christians that have substance. Substance. Fruit. Ah, okay. Easy. Hello. Amen. So I want to look at a quote from a commentator. These are always fun for Gaunzan to translate. <laughs> All right. Here's a quote. It sh- this is, I like this one. It shows God's disapproval of people who are all leaves and no fruit. The story is clear and simple. And its point is obvious that what counts is not promise, but performance. Oh. ဒီဒီဥပမာဘာဟိုပြလဲဆိုတော့ဘုရားသခင်ကအတိမတိတဲ့အပင်ပြောချင်တာကကြည့်ရရင်တော့ဟိုအတိတိမဲ့ပုံ
Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been giving all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize him in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. ဒီရှုတ်တွေအနိဗာသို့ချင်းတော်မှုပြင်လေကောင်းကင်ပုံနိုင်လာကောင်းမြေကြီးပုံနိုင်လာကောင်းစီရင်ပိုင်းတော့
ကျွန်တော်တို့နှုတ်နေတာယုံကြည်တဲ့သူတွေမဟုတ်တကယ်ပဲအသက်ရှင်ကြင်းအရာမှာတကင်ခွေတော်ကဲ့သူတကင်